0: My name is Tony Reid. Welcome to GAY, a a radio programme for LGBTI people and their friends on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM and other access radio stations around New Zealand. I was hoping, as I suggested last month, that I'd have an interview for you, but along came came the lockdown, and we've only just emerged into level two, so I'm still working on it. So I'm afraid it's more of me alone today. And let's start with one of the leftovers from my lists of videos on the radio that I did last month this is a series called r and h goes pop and r and h means rogers and hammerstein in this context and i have I'm, I'm, i'm fairly sure played one or two of these before a new one came out fairly recently by the gay singer andy mientus who i've talked about before and it's his version of Some Enchanted Evening from South Pacific. Do go and look at the video, because it's a nice little story about him going to a bar and seeing a man he likes, and thinking nothing's happening. And as he leaves the bar despondent, the man grabs him by the hand. And then you go towards the end of the song, and of course, once you have found her, never let her go. And they are all old together, still sitting in the same bar. It's very sweet and romantic. So here's Andy Mientus, Some Enchanted Evening.
1: Some enchanted evening, you may see a stranger. You may see a stranger across the. Somehow you know Explain who can tell you why fools give you reason. Who can explain who can tell you why fools give you reasons? Wise men never try. So many.
0: However, my main topic today concerns uh, concerns the composer Benjamin Britten and uh, and some of his relationships. As you're probably aware, I do a music program on Afternoon Delights as well, and I'm in the process of planning a program of Benjamin Britten songs. And I've got this great big biography, uh, the centennial biography from 2013 uh, by a man called Benjamin Britten, A Life in the 20th Century by a man called Paul Kildee, which is a veritable goldmine of information. And as I was preparing, I thought, this is, I've got far too much to say. There won't be time for the music, and that's what the programme largely is. And as it's about gay relationships, why not have an accompanying... uh, uh, programme in Capite gay. So here we go. Uh, Benjamin Britten was probably the most celebrated and significant English composer of the 20th century. He was born in 1913 and died in 1976. Uh, one of the things he's famous for is his main gay relationship with the Tanner Peter Pears. This was also a very significant music partnership central to Britten's creativity. But he also had a large number of crushes on teenage boys. Again, this was partly musical because of all the stuff he wrote for boys' voices. But this has created a problem for some however a man called john bridcut produced a documentary which he later turned into a book called britain's children which ran in the, which appeared in the early years of this century and many of the boys were of course still alive and they all spoke respectfully and enthusiastically of their friendship with benjamin britain their only regret was that this friendship was often terminated rather abruptly when they grew up or when their voice broke But Britain was uh, was an expert at terminating all sorts of relationships, so he didn't treat them particularly badly compared to anybody else. He went to the Royal College of Music in London and emerged in the 1930s, um, already as a promising young composer. In that decade, he was very influenced by, by some gay friends, the poet W.H. Auden, with whom he worked a lot in the 1930s and early 1940s, and the writer Christopher Isherwood, a gay man who was as out as you could possibly be in the 1930s, who was a big personal influence. Britain met Peter Pears in 1937, but at first they were just friends and musical collaborators. But his first big affair was rather unusual, because it was with a young German man called Wolf Scherchen. They had originally met in 1934, when Britain was 20 and Scherchen was 13, um, at an international contemporary music festival in Florence, uh, wolf's father being a well-known uh, conductor. Um, and they saw around the city together. Um, it is a rather nice city to see around, I seem to remember. Uh, wolf saying later on that, that they both seemed to him to be boys together and he didn't really think much about the seven-year gap. In 1936, the Shehans moved to England, or in fact, to Cambridge, to get away from Hitler, basically. And in 1938, Britain and um, Wolff made contact again. Uh, Wolff was now eighteen, so he was really a young man rather than um, uh, rather than a young boy. Certainly, his voice had long broken. And they started an affair which was almost certainly sexual as well as emotional, but at the very least it was very passionate, giving the tone of their correspondence. However, Britain had been thinking of going to America, because he was so fed up with Great Britain, uh, England and Europe in general, really, at the time. And after less than a year with Wolf, he, um, he left for the US in spring 1939 with peers, following Auden and Isherwood he had already started a new song cycle with orchestra called Les Illuminations, set to rather exotic and erotic poems by Rimbaud, a gay French poet famous for his affair with Paul Verlaine. But as it was in French, you could get away with all sorts of things in the song cycle that you couldn't if it was in English. He finished the cycle in US, but it was first performed in London in early 1940 by a Swiss, a Swiss soprano, called Sophie Weiss, um, who had premiered a number of uh, uh, of his other works in the 1930s. And one movement of this was specifically dedicated to Valf. It's called Antique, and it's typically um, graphed, graphic, rather. I'll give you a translation. Graceful son of pan round your brow, Crowned with flowers and berries, Your eyes, precious spheres, move. Stained with brown lees, Your cheeks are hollow, your fangs gleam. Your breast is a cithara. Chords chime in your pale arms. Your pulse beats in that belly Where a double sex sleeps. Walk at night gently moving That thigh, that other thigh, And that left leg. Leaves little to the imagination, really. Um, anyway, I'm going to play you um, "Antique," and I discovered I had four recordings: one soprano, as it was originally written for, um, and but three tenors. Uh, Piers fairly quickly took took control of the cycle, at least in the U- in the U.S., and persuaded Britain that he was much better at it than Sophie. Um, so I'm playing a, a fairly modern recording by, by an English tenor called John Mark Ainsley, partly because when I was checking his Wikipedia article, I discovered that, he was, that he's gay as well. Uh, so it's most appropriate for this programme. He entered into a civil partnership with an organist called William. So, Antique from uh, Les Illuminations, sung by John Mark Ainsley.
2: ♫ Civil! Oh.
0: As you'll have heard, that is a sort of very romantic, passionate setting, especially with the solo violin. And after he went to the U.S., the passionate correspondence did still continue with Wolff. But Piers was clearly playing a a waiting game, and their friendship um, had developed by the end of 1939. And they cemented their love in Grand Rapids, Michigan, of all places, towards the end of the year. They were then together for over 35 years until Britain's death. Um, And after that, most of the vocal works uh, were written very specially for peers, which is why when I do my music program, I'm going to have a hell of a lot of tenors. Wolf, in the meanwhile, did did have a bit of a rough time. After war was declared, he was interred for a while as an enemy alien. uh, both both Britain and New Zealand, having difficulty spotting the difference between anti-Nazis and Nazis. He was interred for a while, um, and he was sent to Canada as part of that. This rather toughened him up. And when Britain returned to England in 1942, the relationship was clearly over. He didn't really like the new Valve so much. Valve um, joined the British Army as a bomb disposal expert, um, took an English name, and married. In 1976, he briefly reappears on the scene at the end of Britain's life. It was well known that Britain was terminally ill, so Valve sent birthday greetings to him for his last birthday, which was only a few weeks before he died. Piers sent a very charming reply. But then he was traced down and interviewed by Bridcut for Britain's children. At this time, he was a great-grandfather in his 80s, living in Australia for some obscure reason. He very fondly recalled his friendship with Britain, but was clearly embarrassed by the pretty irrefutable evidence that the relationship went rather further than friendship. Um, There's a lovely quote by Adam Mars Jones in his review of Britain's children in The Guardian from 2006, which I will read. The elderly Scherchen seems baffled by the intensity and forwardness of his letters. Obviously, octogenarians with seven great-grandchildren may not enjoy rehashing the adventures of their youth. Still, it seems fair to say that if the love of men was, in Scherchen's case, the path not taken, he trotted happily somewhere along it, enjoying a number of delightful picnics before he doubled back. I rather like that, that imagery. Valve died in 2016 age 96. Let's hear Piers singing Britain now, we've got her here. Um, Starting during his time in the US, Britain had made uh, um, arrangements, mostly for voice and piano, of of folk songs, normally, but not exclusively, British folk songs. Um, His versions were developed far more than most other folk song arrangements, with clearly contrasting accompaniments in particular. So here is a 1961 recording of possibly the most famous folk song of all which they very often performed together, The Foggy, Foggy Jew.
3: When I was a bachelor I lived all alone And worked at the Trade. And the only, only thing that I ever did wrong was to woo a fair young maid. I would her in the winter time
0: and in the summer too.
3: And the only, only thing I did that was wrong was to. Keep from the foggy, foggy dew One night she came to my bedside When I lay fast asleep She laid her head upon my bed And she began to weep She sighed cried she damn near died she said what shall i do so i hold her into bed and i covered up her head just to keep her from the foggy foggy dew A bachelor I live with my son and we work at the weaver's trade. And every single time that I look into his eyes, he reminds me of the fair young maid He reminds me of the winter time and all the summer too. That I held her in my arms
0: Just to keep her from the foggy, foggy dew When that was first published in the late 40s it caused quite a scandal actually sort of a bachelor living with his bastard son Shocking um, as I said, wolf was was really the only other close relationship in his life apart from peers. Uh, But there were a number of friendships with boys, especially ones who performed his works. Most famous of these was the actor David Hemmings, who, as a very precocious 12-year-old, played the child Miles in the opera Turn of the Screw, based on the novella by Henry James that this premiered in Venice in 1954, and there was a recent production even in New Zealand of this. Uh, Kildy's description of um, of the relationship is rather good so I'll um so I'll quote from that of all the adolescent boys in Britain's life david hemmings came closest to upsetting the balance in craig house and its successor the red house the the the, the, the home that Britain and Piers had, whenever he was asked, which was quite often, the adult Hemings took great pains to exonerate Britain from any inappropriate behaviour. Without doubt, there was love and infatuation on both sides of the relationship, which had intensified in the two months leaving up, leading up to the premiere. The twelve-year-old Hemings living with Britain in Aldborough, uh, Britain would tousle his hair and kiss him on his head or cuddle him and Hemmings would come and sleep in his bed when scared by the unrelenting crashing of the North Sea against the shingle, or when he was lonely, or just for the hell of it. Hemmings' pair had dispatched his son to Albro with the fatherly observation, you know he's a homo, don't you, which turned out to be a redundant warning. There was concern, however, from other people, including, um, um, including even peers, um, who later admitted he had been worried by the closeness of the of the of the friendship. But Hemings did not see it this way. Was he infatuated with me? Yes, he was. He was a gentleman. There was no sort of overt sexuality about it whatsoever. It was a very kind and loving and very gentle relationship. Moreover, had Britain tried anything on him, I think it would have embarrassed him a damn sight more than it would have embarrassed me at the time. He was more than able to look after himself. Hemmings was, of course, interviewed in Britain's Children, uh, where he said more or less the same things as I've just quoted from the Kildee biography, Uh, and was actually quite the star of the show, really. One delightful part of the interview is where he gets quite excited by his appreciation of Britain's music, in particular his his favourite piece, The Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra, which he also chose as his Desert Island Disc. This work from 1946 is a set of variations on a theme of the English 17th century composer Henry Purcell. Each instrument of the orchestra has its own variation, and the orchestra is then put back together, as it were, in a final fugue, starting with the solo piccolo, then the other woodwinds, the strings, including a harp solo, brass and percussion. By this time it is getting quite noisy, and at the climax the theme triumphantly returns to conclude the work. You can see Hemmings in, in, in a rather nice little YouTube video um, of his interview waving his arms to the music as he describes it and when, the, and when the theme returns, that's the champagne moment. Effing great. So let us close with the final fugue from The Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra as I agree with, with David Hemmings that it is indeed effing great. That's it. I hope you enjoyed my little wander down the uh, relationships of Benjamin Britten with musical examples. You can hear this programme again next Tuesday at 8pm. It is also available on our website at www.coastaccessradio.org.nz or just Google Coast Access Radio, K This is Tony Reed for GOI on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM and other access stations around New Zealand.